Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. <laughs> What's up, Avenue family? It is Thea and... PT. And we are here with a one-off episode, maybe more. It maybe just depends. Um, maybe PT will ask me to do more of these. But in this case, I asked him That's right. on the behalf of many in our church. That's right. So we're about to embark on a new journey as we uh, go through Romans, the book yes. of Romans. Uh, as it, it is an exciting time for me, especially because Romans was one of the first books of the Bible that I read as a believer. Yeah. And sure. so it's basically like we're going back to the basics yeah. as a pitch to Wednesday Institute. Wednesday, 630. Wednesday, 630, Collegiate Cafeteria. Uh, no, but I, I just thought that it would be really good for us to just kind of hear the heart behind why a pastor in a session maybe decides to go in the direction that they do next. And so um, we'll just kind of start with you taking us back. So I don't know if people are familiar with war rooms. I just think about, you know, uh, when you get into – my thought about the war room is – football draft day mm-hmm. where you're trying to figure out who you're going to draft and you got to pivot because someone is off of the board. Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, how does a pastor go about picking what the church studies next? Yeah. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Well, what's up, Av family and all those who are out there? Um, you know, this is always a fun, fun season topic uh, for me, um, sermon planning and prep. Uh, it is – I – I covet preaching series. They're always easier than preaching one-offs. Um, unless the Lord just really is burning something on my heart in a particular season, it's like, hey, we need just, we just need to do that. But I always prefer a series as opposed to a one-off because usually as you prepare, you know, it's like you love to prepare and have leftovers. Usually I'm preparing and um, and I'm trying to figure out if it's a one-off man, am I going to be able to say all I want to say in this one? And then I, I usually I'm <laughs> spilling over because it's like, oh, I, I, I have a sequence and yeah. I can't spend two weeks on this. And so I just prefer doing series, at least part A, part B. So um, that's why people would say your sermons are like 45 minutes mm-hmm. to an hour. <laughs> you got to get usually, it in. Usually the one-offs when I don't feel like, you know, I feel like, man, I, ha- I need to say this and I don't have another opportunity to, to get it in the next week, um, I'll be forcing it. And so usually that's when I'm in the 45-minute bag. <laughs> I think um, I am pretty much a a 35 to 38 guy in my – when I'm feeling good yeah. and, and things are rolling. But It reflects. I upload the sermons. Yeah, it's like <laughs> when I get up and it's like, oh, man, I got to say that. I better yeah. say that. It's probably creeping up at 45, Bob. But anyway, all that being said, I think when you think about, you know, the sermon series, um, I, I like to think of myself as a dietitian. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, just constantly thinking about what people need. Um, there is a um, there's a scripture that makes reference to us preaching the whole counsel of God. And so I think, you know, when you look at the whole canon of scripture, um, you know, we need to understand there's different genre of scripture. Um, maybe you boil things down to um, certain central truths, um, but the genre of scripture is also impacting 
you know, how we apply um, in, 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 you know, how we are ingesting certain things. And so, and they're in there for a reason. I think there are seasons where we need to, sometimes when I do one-offs, I like to, let's go back to the Psalter. Let's yeah. just preach a Psalm because it really um, captivates our imagination and it forces us to use our, um, our, our, you know, our, our minds to kind of grasp different metaphors and allegory and, and things like that. And I think that's necessary yeah. for, for the life of a believer. I think sometimes it's like, hey, we, we, I feel like we're disconnected from the arc of redemptive history. Like we just, we don't understand what has happened mm-hmm. and where we are and where we're going. Maybe we need to go grab some Old Testament. Um, and so I, I will say sometimes I am asking where are we at um, in, and I could be asking several questions about our Bible knowledge. Um, I could be doing pastoral theologies like, hey, what's what's the morale of our people? Mm. Is this just a, a high anxiety season? Do we need to preach through something that speaks to the different things that cause us to be anxious and the different antidotes, or the one antidote really yeah. that causes us to be less anxious? So, you know, you're really weighing all those things. I don't like to... I do not know what we'll preach next after Romans uh-huh. because I think that's very much a prayerful kind of walk. And if, if, if I'm doing it right, you know, I think it's probably at least like 72 hours of like, man, thinking and praying before you arrive at that last decision, yeah. but you're doing all the work all the way up to it. And then really concentrating praying. It's like, Lord, what do you, what does our people need in this season? And how is it helping them to become a more fully, Fully, more well-rounded, fully orbed um, handler of your word. Gotcha. I'm just curious, too, like, obviously because I'm not a pastor. Um, I'm not on the session. But I'm just wondering, like, is it is a, it is a, a more inclusive conversation where it's like, okay, I'm gonna, we have a session meeting. We'll talk about it. We're talking to the other officers. Or is it just kind of like my ears to the ground? I've talked to 100 of our 200 members, and yeah. I feel like this could speak to them. I'm just wondering yeah. just kind of how to. Yeah, so, I mean, the cool thing is the way the session kind of breaks down is, uh, you know, in the Book of Order, the Sunday responsibilities, the preaching of God's Word, the sacraments, um, those are kind of mine. And so I, while I know the responsibility, what we preach falls on me, Yeah, I don't like to act unilaterally in that sense. Um, and so um, you, you've been a part of some conversations where we had with different people mm-hmm. as we kind of just look at, you know, a year and a half ago before we even got to Romans, um, maybe a year and a half ago, a year ago, we just a collection of people's like, man, where, where could we go next? Yep. You know, what, yep. what, what could God be doing? I chose at a certain point in time, um, man, it's hard to, hard to even remember. I knew I chose to make a deliberate attempt to, get after um, eight verses that I feel like we need to commit to memory Mm -hmm. to really to anchor us through certain storms so we can encourage ourselves through scripture. And then we had a campaign. We were specifically preaching through Nehemiah, Mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. And so um, that's kind of been, that's kind of really held, held and captured our attention for a little while. Um, But, you know, Romans had, this was decided upon probably, I want to say a year and a half ago. Yeah. So people in our church knew we were going to be preaching Romans soon, um, but we kind of just uh, we had to take a couple um, good detours, um, but we finally got where we need to go. And 
that happens absolutely with the input of our people at a lot of different levels. Yeah. I think that's what I uh, have appreciated most. Obviously, like I said before, like not being a pastor, not knowing how those things come about all the time. It's been cool to be in some of those rooms mm-hmm. where it's like you get something like the series that we did where what my soul needs most, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. those were quite literally birthed out of, okay, hey, y'all, where in the, in your pocket of our church, which is still small but big enough to where you don't touch everyone, yeah. like what are you seeing people experience, which I think is just a beauty in the way in which you pastor us as a, as a body. So kudos to you, Amen. bro. Shout out. Well, listen, ain't no need of preaching where we ain't at. I mean, that's that's legit because, you know, it's to me, a lot of times it feels like in, in, in over the course of my life as a Christian, you know, you just kind of get pastors, just kind of throw stuff out there, see what hit, you know, <laughs> um, see what sticks or see yeah, what yeah. what's shareable. Mm-hmm. Um, but just your commitment to us as a body, obviously to the Lord and then just to. Yeah it's, yeah, it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, but we are here to talk about Romans and not all the Romans. other things that PT has preached on in the past. Um, I'm just wondering how how do you arrive at a book like Romans? Like, well, like what was it? Was it was it Romans and a couple other that you were thinking through, or was it just oh yeah, Romans is next? I think um, maybe. You know, honestly, if we wouldn't have had the campaign in that Encourage Yourself series and a couple other things, it might not have been Romans because mm. that just came out of an epistle. Yeah, that's true. And I, I like to, I like to diversify with the genres. Yeah. You know, make sure that you know some people are like they're so heavy into the Gospels, they're light on the epistles, and they're heavy in the epistles, and they're really really light on, um, uh, you know, prophecy or, you know what I'm saying, the historical books. So it's just like, you know, I wouldn't, if we wouldn't have had that break, I probably would have did something else. I think I'm probably leaning towards um, going into the Old Testament after Romans. Yeah. Just just, just balance because Uh you're going to arrive at Jesus no matter where you put us in the Bible. Mm Um, so we'll be okay. But um, I think Romans was such a good place. I was telling somebody after five years of pastoring this church, I think I'm only just now, we've been, not, I, I don't even want to put it on we. I think I have been so, um, so much invested in our survival and getting established um, that I'm just now, um, to be honest with you, you can judge me, whatever. But I'm, I feel like I'm just now really starting to get a clearer picture of the type of disciple I'm trying to form here. Um, and and it's becoming, it's, it's, it's coming into clear focus. I can see it. Uh, and there's been very deliberate things that I've been trying to get established. And so I think, honestly, there's a, a big shift when we preach 1 Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of stumbled upon spiritual gifts in, in a Presbyterian church. What and a it's time. Like, no, this this is going to be a staple of this house. Like, we're going to lean into the life force of God, not the imaginations and conjectures of some religious, you know, um, uh, denomination. But how God gets his will accomplished in the earth through his ruach, through his spirit, 
we need that. We want that. That's a staple at this avenue. Yeah. So we needed to lean into that. And I didn't know why we needed to lean into that, but I know now. Yeah. But in that, it's also like word and deed. So it's like, man, we need that life force, but we need to know our God. It's the highest it's the highest aim that we can have to know our God. Uh, John 17, what is eternal life? It's to know God the Father and Jesus the one he sent. That That's the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so with that being said, um, you know, you have in Romans the reason why I think it gets such a, um, you know, it, it has such a, identification with theology is because it's Paul's longest explanation of the gospel, Mm. right? You get these other epistles and then you get 16 chapters of Romans. It's clearly, this is as fully fleshed out and more granular than the rest of the epistles will give you. And so it's just the right time. It's like, we're not just the church who wants to lean on the power of, of the spirit and charisma and experience. We are also the church who wants to know our God faithfully and really well. Mm-hmm. And all that does is the knowledge of our God makes us want to love him more. Mm-hmm. And the more we love him, we want to get to know him. Those things should be pinging off each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. Um, I will say you have been, at least last week and a couple of times where I've talked to you, been leaning real heavy into knowledge of God, theology, mm-hmm. um, where where would you say that's even coming from? <laughs> um, uh, I've been doing, uh, I, I have a, um, a, a, a small group that I did for about four or five weeks. I threw a discipleship party. It's another conversation for another day, but uh, <laughs> we'll me, come back to it. We'll come back to it. Um, but particularly me and a, a group of ladies we were meeting in the, um, in the in the morning for lunch and um it's a verse from colossians one um that i think really has stuck with me and uh and i i think it's triggered a lot of this stuff but this is colossians one and nine for this reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you this is paul talking to the church at Colossae. Uh, we continually ask god to fill you with the knowledge of his will pause so the guy who is instrumental um, starting this church and feeding this church and providing it with the guidance that it needs his intercession is like god i pray that these people know your will uh through all the wisdom and understanding that the spirit gives Mm. let's just pause right so many times we put these false dichotomies in there it's like the spirit brings experience the spirit's bringing knowledge Mm. he's bringing knowledge and the wisdom and they're working in tandem together and why is the spirit bringing knowledge and why is paul praying that the spirit would continue to do that and that these precious people would be filled with that knowledge Verse 10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. It is something right now, I don't know who I'm talking to. I love this. Let me get in my charismatic TBN (laughs) swag. The camera is on. (laughs) Come on. There is is a, a, a ceiling that some of y'all have been trying to break through in your life. And you've just been coming to the same fork in the road. 
And for some of you, not in all cases, for some of you, that next step, breaking through the next level is solely dependent upon your your knowing and your understanding of God and his will. It's a knowledge thing. It's, and, and, and knowledge, not in the sense of learning more information, but when the Bible speaks of, of knowing God, it is, an exp- it, it is a fully or comprehensive knowing both the information and the experience of knowing God intimately. Like there's another level that God wants to disclose himself to you that is going to propel you to the next season of your life. It's a knowledge thing. You need to know him and experience him. Um, and so I think that that for me is like, man, this is so important. Our people need to place a premium on, man, I need to know God. Mm-hmm. And I need to keep getting to know him. And if we know, as we were talking uh, off camera, if we know that he's inexhaustible, we know that we'll never know him fully, right? So we just keep the quest going. Yeah. That's good. And so then we get to Romans, and I'm just wondering, like, how do you see Romans playing a role in that? Like yeah. an active role in us knowing God in the way in which you hope for us to know God. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, to this particular church in Rome um, that, you know, there had been some some hiccups in their journey, and now they find themselves um, at a with a body of believers who now have Gentiles in there, and they got Jews in there. So we got themes of multi-ethnicity, mm. multiracial. This is our church. This is our world. Like, how does the gospel apply to a, a multi-cultural environment? I think Romans speaks to that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the the assurance of our salvation and, and all the, the richness of what it means to, to be born out of grace. Romans is going to explain that um, for us. And I think not only do you get the fun doctrines to um, <laughs> election and all those predestination, those things that will be um, <laughs> that'll be fun to dive into. Yes. Um, it depends on who you ask. That's right. It depends <laughs> on who you ask. But I think those things are meant. God, God has is not trying to disclose himself to you in ways that would drive you away from him. Yeah. But as we unpack this fuller explanation of of the gospel through Romans, it's meant to endear you to trust him more. Like, I've got a plan. I've got a thing that I'm doing. Trust it. Um, I'm working this out for my purposes. And I think, I think also, too, like when you get to the latter chapters of Romans, like 14 to 16, it, Romans is really cool because it's not just that the gospel is explained, but it's applied. So mm-hmm. how does this thing flesh out? Like, how do we deal with each other on preferences and matters of conscience? And how do we deal in government? And so it, it just has a really more expanded epistolary format yeah. that will cause us to take some really deep dives and wrestle. Um, I think we we have... In our society, since we've seen theology done so poorly, yeah, we think that people who do theology, inevitably, if you take that journey, you're going to become like this person who is bigoted, arrogant, 
divisive, and that's just we gotta we gotta tear that down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good theology is what every believer is called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, to know God is what every believer is called to do. Um, and so I'm excited for us to to not shelve some of these things, but dive into them. Yeah. Um, because at the end of end of that is a God who's inviting you to know Him and love Him more. It's good. It's good. Obviously, we live in our day and time, right? It's 2023, the year of our Lord. <laughs> um, but, you know, just thinking about the book of Romans, I'm just wondering, like, in your pre-study, were there things where you're like, oh, this this speaks to, you know, our people. <laughs> this speaks to the people in this day and time. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about leaning into this or... I'm nervous about leaning into this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just um, wondering, like, where where there's some key takeaways sure. in that space. Well, I, I mean, it it will be a fun ride, but I think it will it will solicit healthy dialogue in our church. Um, you know, um, we are people formed by the word, shaped for by the word, and we're people. Because you got to be really careful that we don't just turn into universalists. Mm. You know, all we want to do is love each other. That is not, that's not Christianity. Yep. Okay, I'm sorry. No. At the end, it's all about love. What do you sound like? You're a Christian because you believe a certain set of things. And we just got to dive back into what those things are. And then we got to wrestle with how those things may have been misapplied. We got to wrestle with, just the fact that some people are on a journey and you know they haven't laid hold of that truth yet and what do we do with that we got to lay hold to some people who are false teachers and propagating something that's actually not true and i think that those are scary spaces because our society is so divisive and we don't we don't do civility well anymore um so it's not healthy dialogue but i'm excited about that you know it's like man Theologically, we're especially at the avenue, like we're 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 Presbyterian, um, but there's something about the grace that God God has on this house that there are a bunch of different people from the, the not different denominational backgrounds who go here. Yeah, a lot. Of uh, there's ones. a lot, uh-huh. and I we need to start rolling into some of these spaces and. Yeah. Just because we disagree don't mean that I don't get to challenge you on why you think that way. Tell mm-hmm. me. So you don't get to just sit up in the corner and say, I, well, I just, well, I just think that way. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't, get, to, you don't yeah. get that out. I get to say, hey, that doesn't seem to be based on the evidence of Scripture. There seems to be several things. And I get to, to lovingly say, I don't know, how you might not be seeing that right. So I love that. Yeah. I think this it will be actually more helpful for us in that way because you're gonna just going to get to certain inflection points. I'm going to get there right quick. When I preach Romans 1, 18 through 32, and I start talking about all the reprobate things, and you know we start diving into the depra- depravity of man. I mean, you're going to hit there really early. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm Lord. really excited to tear up justification, which I feel like is the most Ooh. abused doctrine of um, of my time. Um, I, 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 It's the most beautiful because it's it has saved our soul. But I think people totally just um, have taken some licenses yeah. that are not there yeah. um, in justification. Uh. I think we get to do some pneumatology. We get to do some spirit. Romans 8, like, man, 
you know, you cannot say you're born of God if the spirit's not in you. What does that mm-hmm. look like? Um, then we get to get with the what me and you talk about. Therefore, Romans 12, as you know, as a result of these things, I beseech you, brothers, present your bodies as living sacrifice. So this rich theology was supposed to produce new life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't conform to the patterns of this world. So I think it's just going to be some fun, good things. I think we'll get to see some of those big scriptures that we've always heard in their context. We'll get to catch them in the flow. And it's like, oh, I see what he was trying to do. And I think we'll get to see, like, similarities in that young multi multicultural church in Rome. We'll probably get to see a lot of similarities of, of that in our young multicultural church at the app. That's good. I'm excited. I really am. Um, I'm going to ask you to do this. Okay, then. You can decide to or not. This is how we'll close. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> but I would love for you to, mm-hmm. if you had to pitch mm-hmm. um, Romans to our body or to people that are broader than our body, give me like a little elevator speech, I guess. Amen. Knowing God, highest aim that we have. You have the longest epistle, longest comprehensive explanation of the gospel by one of the most um, primary foreknown writers. Let's hear about him. Let's study. Let's dig in together. Let's do it in community. Um, It's one thing for you to do it on an online YouTube or podcast, but I would encourage you also, don't just preach this with us and don't just sit through it with us, but take full advantage of the discipleship hours and the other conversations that happen around what it is you're hearing and learning and asking questions. Um, There's no better time than now than to dig in because at the end of this pursuit, there's a God who wants to be known by you. There's not a God who's hiding from you. Um, There's not a God who's veiled himself from uh, um, behind theology, but there's a God who's trying to uh, uh, throw that carrot of theological learning and astuteness out to draw you deeper and deeper into who he is um, so that you can live more confidently um, in this world. I can never do that in my life. I just put him on the spot. (laughs) Shout out to you and your giftedness, brother. We appreciate you. Let's go. Romans 1, 1 through 13 is happening on Sunday. On Sunday. We'll see you there. Bye. Bye.